Good afternoon. Hi, Jerrianne. Hi, how are you today? Good. So nice to see you. It's nice to see you too again. Our podcast is, thank you, first of all, for volunteering to come and be a part of our podcast for Life Lessons. It's our first time. So as you can imagine, we're learning, we're trying to figure things out, but we're super excited to have you with us. I'm excited too. Yeah. So the topic or the title of our podcast is Thinking Out Loud, a candid conversation about surviving and thriving in an accommodating world. I remember we tried a whole bunch of different titles titles until we were kind of figuring out exactly what would really work for what it is Mm -hmm. that we want to try to accomplish. Yes. Um, But before we get into that, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, Sure. I'll try to break it down small. (laughs) So, um, well, I know my name, Jerry Ann. (laughs) When I was a, a child, I had... A, um, infection which caused me to have um, high fever which caused brain damage to the occipital lobe of my brain but they didn't know that so for years I was having seizures about grade two grade three then they kind of figured it out that I was having seizures uh, I had a really big one and um, you know I stopped breathing my mom had to do CPR on me so then they, they, they took me to the hospital and they, that's when they diagnosed me with epilepsy. Um, I think it's occipital seizures. Yeah. So pre, pre-occipital seizures. Ah, check my name. But. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I had seizures for years and I was on um, anti-seizure medication. But they, they just thought I was, um, how do I say this? They thought that, you know, I was just staring off in class. They didn't know because they were just very short seizures. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, seizures. <laughs> um, so they thought I was staring off in class, and they just and you I wasn't didn't feel anything. I didn't know. I only thing I remember is people coming up to me and like, "Why are you staring at me?" And I was like, "I'm not staring at you," because I was having a seizure, mm-hmm. and I would just people are like, "Why are you staring at me in class?" I'm like, "I'm not staring at you because <laughs> I don't remember." Yeah. To this day, there's some people I don't remember because that period of time I was having so many seizures, I don't remember. So people have come up to me in the past and been like, "Oh." Um, do you remember me from elementary school? And I'm like, I have no idea who you are because I don't remember from all those seizures. So I was in a regular um, school then, like, yeah, a regular classroom. Mm-hmm. And then once I was diagnosed with that, then I was, I, you know, they tested me for learning disability and they, I was put in a special class in a public school because unfortunately Catholic schools do not well, at that time, did not really have accommodations for people with special needs, unfortunately. Okay. So, like, specialized learning needs, I guess. Yes. So, I was in an isolated classroom. Okay. Mostly, so, um, like, a segregated. Like yeah, class. definitely okay. segregated. So, they called us the SPED. You know, okay. It was terrible. Uh, I was the only girl in the class, I remember. And I had this one teacher. And they just lumped us all together. We had... Um, Everything from learning disabled, behavioral, developmental delays. And my teacher, poor teacher, he was just trying to, you know, handle the behaviors. And mm-hmm. I felt like I missed out on a lot of learning. It's not my teacher's fault, but mm-hmm. they just kind of clumped us together. Mm-hmm. So I was in that class from grade, I would say, all the way to grade seven. 
Yeah. Okay. And then, sorry, go ahead. And then, so just, I'm just trying to kind of like see it in my head. Mm-hmm. So when you were in a reg in the regular class, like mm-hmm. you were in mainstream, I guess. Yeah. Would be the mainstream. Term. Yes. Thank you. Um, did you think that you had, like, did you have a difficult time, like, understanding the material that from what you remember, I guess, even? I don't remember much from what my mother told me that I was uh, atypical and yeah. then uh, sorry, neurotypical until I got sick. And then I plateaued off in my learning. And so once you started getting those seizures? Yeah. Like, often? Because I had, I had the, the high fever and I didn't know what caused. And she said, as soon as after the high fever, I changed. My personality changed. I was very withdrawn. She even said that I might have been uh, uh, gifted, but yeah, we don't know before wow. that because she said I was hitting milestones really rapidly and then mm. the fever hit and then everything just went downhill. Well, there. I know just from knowing you this year and oh. just hearing you speak and like seeing your thirst for learning, I'm always kind of a little bit in awe of like oh. what you know. So <laughs> I totally believe where your mom, you know, was coming from that. So, so after grade seven, so you were in this classroom with different specialized learning mm-hmm. needs and different kind of kids. Yeah. Teachers trying to juggle everything at the same time. He was time. such a saint, but it's so hard. <laughs> so then what happened in grade seven then? So then grade seven, eight, uh, sorry, I guess grade seven, eight, we went to the middle school, which was part of the high school. Okay. So, and I was in a segregated class till grade nine. And this class, I got to tell you, this class was a tiny, tiny little room. Mm -hmm. It's like the size of a closet, I would say. It was terrible. And it was, Mm -hmm. it was all, we were just stuck in this classroom all day. Mm -hmm. We got to go out for certain like classes, like um, Mm -hmm. gym and art, Mm -hmm. but we were in there and it was a different time. It was so upsetting. Like, um, and it just was, we didn't have a window. Like, it was just so... so the center was not, like, conducive. No, it was just, it was hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then when grade nine hits, they actually wanted to send me to a vocational school, the mm-hmm. school. And my parents said no. Mm-hmm. They said, we, she's going to stay here and we'll just accommodate her. And she's going to try, you know, applied classes. So I did that and I was success- successful. And how did you feel, like, about that? Like, do, were you okay with, like, did yeah. you feel like you could... Go in. Absolutely. I was a little anxious. I was a little, because I do suffer from anxiety. I was a little anxious because, um, you know, new things. But I was glad to be with my friends and, you know, not just see them in the hall, right? Mm -hmm. And I did struggle, you know. I had to have, like, reader scribes and stuff, Um, you know. But it was okay. It was good. It was Mm -hmm. good. So then what happened after that? So you went through high school Mm -hmm. with accommodations yeah so any exam I would have a reader or a scribe and Mm -hmm. they they just you know I tell them and they write it Mm -hmm. and they read it to me and I tell them everything I did verbally everything so like even like the literacy test all that stuff I did it verbally so I had a reader scribe for everything Mm -hmm. and then when you graduated you went to college straight away or did you I did go to Seneca College Mm -hmm. for early childhood education but I did struggle my first year because I wasn't an adept at um, asking for accommodations. You know, it was hard. Usually they kind of just came in high school. Mm-hmm. You didn't have to ask. They just did it. But in college, you have to say, look, I need this. And yeah, so it was very hard. So my first year, 
I actually, I, I don't like to use the word fail, but I, you know, failed out. and Like you didn't get your credits. I didn't get my credits because I had some classes that I didn't quite um, get the accommodations I needed. Mm-hmm. So I had to like take a year off and apply again. And then I went back. And that when I went back, I actually, I was more confident and I was just said, this is what I need. This is where I need mm-hmm. to be successful. And I, that first year, I remember I was so proud of myself. I had a 4.0. I was like, yeah, <laughs> finally. I was like, yes, I have a 4.0. Oh but, it, you know, I, I learned, okay, I can't take five classes like most people. I can take three, mm-hmm. you know. But I also worked, too. You know, so there's like, there's, um, you know, it may take me a little longer, but that's okay. So... And then you went to university or that was like a combination? So it was a combination program. So okay. it was a Bachelor of Child Development. So okay. good for me because it continued on with the same uh, program. So I had professors kind of knew me already and stuff. So, and by then they knew kind of how to... Yes. How to modify and accommodate their programming mm-hmm. well, so can, that you would be able to take in the information in a way that made sense to you. Well, they had to give me all their, like, I had a note taker. Mm-hmm. And then they had to give me all their like PowerPoints um, so I could listen to them, you know, all the books on tape. Um, but sometimes professors didn't get it. And, you know, I've had professors who are just like, no, they don't want to or they don't want to give me their slides. Those are my slides. And I was like, oh, OK, I'm just reading them. <laughs> so you really had to learn how to advocate for yourself. Like That's what yeah. I'm getting. Like, you know, in the beginning, your parents obviously supported encouraged and advocated for you like every parent Mm -hmm. does and then somewhere along the line you had to learn to kind of advocate for yourself and move along so yeah well I'm just gonna say now sorry I've drawn (laughs) um yeah so like I've I've had many times where I had to run to the counseling office crying my eyeballs out because you know you know I told the teacher I needed this accommodation and they didn't get it, so I just, you know, got up and left because I was so embarrassed. It's hard. It's hard to say this is what I need. You know, after years of doing it, you get better at it, you know. Mm-hmm. And I had to say to myself, okay, I may not be able to do this, but I can do that. So, like, group work has always been hard for me. Mm-hmm. I, I hated group work because people did not get it. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, you know, I tried to pull more weight to show that I was doing the, you know, a good job. But I had people that wouldn't work with me because they knew I had a learning disability. And they're like, no, no, she doesn't do the work. It's just, mm-hmm. it was just hard. It was very mm-hmm. hard. People are, unfortunately, we have to educate people because they don't know. They don't know any better. Which kind of brings me to our next question, which is like, why did you feel that it was important to volunteer to be part of this podcast? I think it's it's so important because there's not a lot of people out there to speak for people with learning disabilities like myself. And they need to see, you know, that you can do it. You can go to college. You can go to university, you know. Um, and parents, like, parents know best. So what, regardless of what the school says, you know, you really advocate for your child, you know. You know your child. You know what they're capable of. And I, I'm so glad that my parents were able to be like, no, she needs this, this, and, you know, they know. Yeah. And you good. had that work ethic and that. Yes. You yeah. know, that, I guess, the drive to. Yes. You know, to go for it. Yeah. 
you know, it was, it was a struggle, you know, luckily my dad's a teacher. So, you know, a lot of nights helping me with my homework or, you know, accommodating. Um, I don't know if you know, like I coached gymnastics in my mm-hmm. part time and, uh, report cards was a big struggle for me. Mm-hmm. So, and not every club I've worked at had accommodated me as much as they needed to. Mm-hmm. So I'd have to sit there for hours with my parents and they wrote it while I dictated it. Wow. And that was so nice of them. I felt so like they, I'm, I'm so happy that they did that for me. They took the time to sit while I just told them and they wrote it. So years of that. Now, luckily <laughs> at my new gym, everything's digital. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a weight off my shoulders and. Yeah, and it gives you more independence and more yeah. confidence and more like, yeah. Because like I, I felt so bad sitting there for hours and being like, write this out. And <laughs> yeah. But they have, luckily, they, they were very At that time, I guess there wasn't the same kind of um, technology. technology that can do things the way that Absolutely. like no Siri, no Alexa, yeah. no, you know, all of that mm-hmm. speech to voice. Speech to text recognition yes. kind of stuff. Well, I don't know if you uh, noticed in class when we work together, sometimes you'll see me using the speech to text on the iPads. I don't know if you noticed. I've seen you once or twice, but to be honest, I, I, I have do it not. A lot. <laughs> wow. I'm uh, sneaky. <laughs> you're not sneaky. I think you're just resourceful. <laughs> like, I think, you know what, from what I see when I see you, I think like here's somebody who figures things out who mm-hmm. finds solutions who you know has such a desire to educate and teach and mm-hmm. serve her students that yeah. you find ways to like you're way more resourceful than what I would be because oh, thank you. I usually I use like one way of communication like yeah. writing or typing or speaking Whereas for you, you've had to learn how to adapt in different ways. And you just now, it's become kind of... Second nature. Like, it is your nature, I guess. You know? Yeah. To be able to survive and thrive, Yeah, well, you like, know, in this world. Absolutely. I go on a lot of, like, memorization. Mm-hmm. So when I read, um, I've memorized what the word looks like as opposed to phonetically breaking it down. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you'll see sometimes I'll be able to read a really big word. And not read a tiny word. It's just because I memorized what it looks like. <laughs> I think it's brilliant. So, but I noticed as the years gone on, um, I've made new neurological connections and my brain, my reading is a lot better. My brain is just kind of, kind of makes those connections. So, because I have friends that's like, Jurian, you can read a menu now? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I can do it. Right? The pictures yeah. help, you know? So yeah. I use like, so if I'm, you know, at a restaurant, I, you know, I'll look at the picture and then I'll look at the word and then I'll know what the word says because I'm looking at the picture. So I'm just guessing from the picture. Yeah, but you're still hanging out with your friends. Like at yeah. the end of the day, it doesn't prevent you no. from doing the things that you want to do that no. every other young woman yeah. would like to do. And you know? Like, my friends read the menu for me if I need to read something mm. and they're very understanding, you know. No, yeah. for sure. So what would you do? Um, what would you tell your younger self in elementary school? Well, that's a good one. <laughs> um, that you can do anything you want. Yeah. You just got to work at it and you can do it. You can 
Did you feel when you were younger that like you couldn't do like no. when you were in that classroom, like when you were in a class with just different people with different levels of learning needs and learning styles, did you ever think like, I don't know where I'm going with this or absolutely. You, oh, you did. Yeah. Cause I didn't know. I just, I wasn't learning anything and I, I just felt like I was playing all day with those kids and mm-hmm. um, the students I worked you know, mm-hmm. my, my peers. And I just felt very um, ruled by anxiety. It was very fearful because I also like have anxiety and it, um, I find because I'm so nervous about new things, it's very, it was very hard for me to, you know, push myself and my parents were very good at helping me with that. But I don't know if that, that answers mm-hmm. your question. No, <laughs> fair enough. Um, if you could give one piece of advice to parents, I mean, I know you said your parents have been phenomenal Mm -hmm. and just throughout your, and we will be talking more about it as Mm -hmm. we go through and do our other podcasts and get more into detail about things. But what advice would you give parents at this point in our podcast? I would say advocate for your child. You know your child and you know what they need. You have to, and teach them how to advocate because eventually they have to do it on their own. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what do you feel most proud of, Jerian? <laughs> Sorry, I'm just smiling because I'm thinking about it. Um, graduating university and, and getting a full-time job. Yes. And I was like, yes, finally, years, all those years I did it. And I was like, I proved myself, you know? Yeah, it takes yeah. a lot of like, you know, we talk about like resilience. We talk about like mm-hmm. faith. We talk about hope. We talk about like a lot of things, but it's a lot of time. It's a lot of like digging deep. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of asking for help. It's a lot of like taking help. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of putting yourself out there. Yeah. You know, when you reach a milestone, like it's huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So can you tell us a story that you'd like to share with us in closing about just, you know, like accommodations, like about accommodations, um, kind of, what kind of story would you kind of, I have so many good ones. <laughs> you know what? Uh, we're talking about like inclusion. That's what it's all about. Like our whole podcast is about how can we celebrate all abilities? How can we mm-hmm. include everybody? What are ways that we can do as parents, as educators, as colleagues, as peers, friends, you name it. Um, I would say like, thinking off the top of my head here, we need to educate other children on learn different learning styles. Because I, I do remember quite a bit kids would be like, how come Jerian gets this? I don't understand. That's not fair. She's cheating. I remember I had a, um, a friend in high school, you know, I was, you know, doing the cut and paste and then like kind of for an essay. And I was, she like went to the principal and was like, how come Jerian gets to do this? I don't understand. It's not fair. I was so embarrassed and I was like, Mm. so luckily my dad was a teacher at the school and he, you know, he explained to her, he said, look, you know, Jerry, it's Jerry Ann's work. She just, this is the way she starts Mm. and finishes it. Um, But my friend came back the next day and she's like, I'm so sorry. I didn't know. Mm. So I think just like educating others on different learning styles, no, no one learns the same, you know? And so, how did this friend, like, 
did she remain a friend? Yeah, Are yeah. you still friends? Like, how did well, you guys? Yeah, we were like Facebook friends still. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, she's moved away. But um, yeah, I just remember that was very upsetting and embarrassing that she went and complained. <laughs> so mm. yeah, it's hard. And even in university, I've had a few groups that didn't want to work with me because my learning disability. And they didn't say that, but it was, yeah, it's pretty obvious. So, you know, I work by myself or I work with you know, one of my friends. I had this one group that didn't work with me. <laughs> they didn't want to work with me and my my friend Sarah at the time. Um, they didn't want to work with us. And it was very upsetting. I actually remember crying. And I'm like, why don't you want to work with me? What I'm, you know, I want to, you know, mm-hmm. we're a team. The teacher put us together. No. So then my professor said, you know, you know what? You two do it on your own. We got 100%. They got 60 <laughs> <laughs> Should have been in our group. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> so I was just laughing. But like, I shouldn't laugh at that, but it's just like, you missed out on working with me because I'm fun to work with. <laughs> right. And you carry your weight in men's home. Yeah. Like, you know, I may learn differently, but I will try extra, like, I will try extra, extra hard and, you know, pull my weight. I will. Yeah. Well. Thank you again, Darian, for joining us. I can't wait to continue on with this podcast. Me too. I think it's going to be very interesting, very uh, enlightening. Mm -hmm. I think you have so much to offer us because you've lived it and you remember it and you're honest and you're candid about feeling comfortable to share, you know, the amazing parts, but also sharing some of the difficult parts. Mm -hmm. Because I think when I know for myself, just being able to work with you and to teach with you, that I've learned just how to be cognizant, how to be conscious. Mm -hmm. And that sometimes it takes something very small, in my eyes, to support someone to be their best mm-hmm. by just changing a little bit the way that I think Absolutely. or how I act or giving someone that little bit of extra confidence or like, yeah. go get them kind of like, or, Hey, you need a moment like yeah. that kind of thing. So it's made me just more aware, I think of the needs of other people around. Absolutely. And when it comes to, you know, like, disabilities, learning needs. Like there's so many different terms out there. Yeah. But I feel all of us, because we're very unique, some of us, it's very visible. You see it and you accommodate immediately. Yes. For most of us, we have all of these things within us. And we try to, like you were saying, like you try to like, so that, you know, nobody notices or nobody, you know, like, (laughs) You know, so it's on like the down low or whatever it is. But I think those are the things that make us freer. They make us more accepting of who we are and really just like proud of what we're evolving to be and what we've accomplished because it takes a lot to, well, it takes a lot to live and to do things in the world to begin with. Mm-hmm. But when you've got a different way of learning, a different way of understanding, and it's something that's just kind of happened to you, yeah. then I think it takes a lot of 
It just takes a lot of conviction and a lot of support. And I know I'm hoping, and I know you're hoping, and all of us at Life Lessons are just hoping that by people being able to listen to your story, learn from your story, and maybe think of things in a different way, absolutely, then maybe going forward in our own families, in our own friend circle, in our own professional circles, etc., that we can just help everybody absolutely. just be their best, really. Absolutely. They'll t people will tell you, you know, what they need as I think uh, not to be ashamed. You know, some people try to to like, just say I need help or this is the way I learn. Yeah. But it's hard. It takes practice because I've I've had many times where I've been like, oh, they're not a Should I say something? Should I do something? It's hard. Even now, like I still have times where I'm like, oh. but it just takes practice. Yeah. yeah. Thanks so much, Sharon, for Thank coming. Thank you. Thank you. We really appreciate it. Okay. We'll see you next week. Thank Appreciate you. It. All right. Bye-bye. <laughs>